What's going on? We have the trophy husbands. I'm Marcus. I'm Nick. So, take it away. Well, I was about to say, I gotta stand up on my soapbox here for a moment. Alright, go ahead. Because we didn't talk about it in a previous episode, but I'm getting political, your favorite thing. Uh, here we go. Congress just passed the new tax bill. Okay. Which basically screws over everybody except the top 10%. Did you expect anything else? Not really, no. But they keep trying to claim, because they're saying, well, we're giving all these tax cuts to the wealthiest individuals, the CEOs and everything, because then it's trickle-down economics, and everything then comes down. The thing is, though... Is Steve Mnuchin, I think is how you pronounce his last name, had a meeting with like 50 top CEOs in the country and was like, if we cut your taxes, are you going to be hiring more people and giving your employees high wages? Like everyone raised their hand. Like four people raised their hand. Of course. And they're like, why? And then they still went and did it. It, it, it tears my mind apart. Of course, Trump originally, it, it, I can't remember what the bill is actually called, but Trump originally wanted to call it the cut-cut bill. I'm like, are we in kindergarten? Is that really what we're going to be, like, naming our policies? It's either that or they're like a screamo band. <laughs> we are the cut-cut bill, and this is our first album called Black Heart Emoji. <laughs> actually... I was looking at some old stuff from, like, 2002, 2003, old music, like the emo music of then, mm -hmm. and, ah, oh shoot, I can't think of the name of the band off the top of my head, but their album was called something like The Loneliness of Neutral, or something like that. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I believe it. I got into, a, into like, a... An emo off with my one co-op the other day. <laughs> because... Who's more sad? Not who's more sad, but who could think of the, the worst lyrics or, like, depressing lyrics. And because I was telling her, one band, Plus 44, I was driving into work that day and it shuffle randomly came up on uh, their song, No It Isn't. And in that song, the chorus is... Uh, Let's slit our wrists and burn down something beautiful. And I told her about that. She's like, yeah, that's um, that's a good one. Yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Let's slit our wrists and burn down something beautiful. This desperation has me overjoyed. <laughs> exactly. Like, what? <laughs> nah. So then we started going back and forth just trying to think of, of lyrics and whatnot. And I was saying about uh, a Taking Back Sunday song where, I think it was Taking Back Sunday, where they say, how does it go? You could slit my throat and with my one last gasping breath I'd apologize for bleeding on your shirt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we had this emo off, like just back and forth. <laughs> my immediate thought is just Hawthorne Heights. Mm. That's true, if you want to go emo. Yeah. Well, I think of... Because, I mean, you know, you can say, really, uh, the heyday, in my opinion, for emo bands was, like, early 2000s. Absolutely. Because you had Census Fail, Taking Back Sunday, The Used, 
Hawthorne Heights, My Chemical Romance, like, mm-hmm. they were all over the place. Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, it, the thing is, because she was saying about, like, her emo phase as a, as a kid, and I'm like, you know, like, I had an emo phase, and it was while my parents were divorcing and whatnot, so I was listening to, like, Nickelback and Stained when they first came out, like, it was right around that time, and I'm like, but then I, I, it was, it lasted maybe like three months and I'm like, being sad is depressing. I'm going to be happy again. <laughs> I mean, you were sad because you were listening to Nickelback. So. <laughs> hey, I actually liked their first two albums. That was before they completely sold out. In my opinion. But see, all right, here's, here's the conundrum that people don't get. And we'll, we'll, we'll make this up for debate. But isn't selling out, in a sense, what people want to do to begin with? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Real Big Fish made a song about it. called, And it was one of their biggest hits called Sell Out. Because they're just like, uh, it even says in the song, like, I'm going to sign with the record company. I'm going to make lots of money. Like, yes, I mean, that is the ultimate goal, really. <laughs> but what's funny is people do that and then don't, like, look at their contracts or aren't well-versed in things like that, and they get fucked. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hard. Well, I mean, you gotta think, and I mean, obviously this isn't quite the same case as, like, a band being signed on, but you gotta think of, like, anyone, any of the, uh, tween boppers of the 90s, like, NSYNC, Backstreet oh, Boys, they got, they got Britney Spears, hard. like, they got shafted. Them, I remember, um... Uh, I watched a documentary about, it was, it covered, I think, TLC and Tupac. Oh, TLC got it, like, so bad. They got royally fucked. Like, because mm-hmm. they're like, we have two platinum albums and we are bankrupt. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I think, I think they made 73 million and by the time the money got to them, they each made 50,000. Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. Like, their contract really did just screw them over. Wow. Like. But that was, that, it's, it's not uncommon. You gotta, you gotta read that fine print. <laughs> you really do, but then people don't understand, like, alright, so, this is how, vaguely, to my knowledge, things work. Let's say you get signed, alright? What people don't understand is when they say, oh, like, Nick is gonna get a half a million dollar advance. Right. You're going to have to pay that back. Mm-hmm. Now, if the record label is slick, what they're going to do is they're going to eat your advance without you knowing. So, what they'll do is they'll send you on a show. You, I mean, obviously, people have to pay for the show. You have to pay for the lighting. You have right. to pay for the rigs. You have to pay for the arenas and all. You know, you have to pay for the show. So, that's why, you know, they, they, you have the tour manager and stuff like that and the accountant to make sure that the books are right. But the touring, all the production and stuff for the touring comes out of your pocket. If the label does things as far as booking the studio time and this and that, they're going to... You bill, get billed. You, yeah. you get billed, right? If you land somewhere and there's a limo and it's for you, you're, you're going to get billed. Yeah, yeah, like... And that's what people didn't understand is they're getting all these different perks and they're just taking their money right off top. So by the right. time you get to your money... It's like, oh, well... We had to do, you had to pay for this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, is nowadays, and I, I'm not going to say that people aren't still getting shafted because I'm sure many people are, 
But I think the nice thing nowadays is that if you're good enough, you can get your own acclaim and whatnot off of YouTube or wherever, and you can have a Patreon. You can one one guy that Alex likes. He's a dude that does like acapella stuff and everything on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He makes something like ten thousand dollars a month off of Patreon and everything. I believe it. So I mean, it's just like if nowadays, if you're talented enough, you can do it solo. You really can, and if you're if you're smart enough, what people don't realize is. You can actually make a decent amount of money if you if you know where to go as far as merch and merchandising. Oh yeah, you make something simple like a T-shirt or like a tank top. Sell or, that for twenty bucks a pop, kind of thing. Oh yeah, and if you've got followers, that's that's money hand over fist because if you're doing it through the company direct, like hey, I'm gonna charge twenty bucks for a shirt. I'll give you guys five. Or yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'll, like I'll give you guys like. Three, three to five bucks, depending on what shirt it is, and I take back the rest for, you know, for a little bit of money for the production costs and stuff like that. You're making money hand over fist. That money goes directly to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, my little brother, he's big into YouTube, and um, he was showing me in this one guy's site, he had, like, four different shirts. He had, like... Oh, a car- any smart YouTuber does that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has, like, he has, like, his own, like, little character and stuff. Like, just kind of like a, a, a comic, like, rendition of him. So he had masks made up. He had posters made up. He had, uh, like, snapbacks and bracelets. Mm-hmm. And all of his, like, he kept getting stuff in. But every time I would check, because I wanted a specific thing to try and get it from my brother, I couldn't get it. It was fucking sold out. Every time. Yeah, every time. I'm just like, I just want this one fucking item. <laughs> it was frustrating. I believe it. I mean, like, they make, they, they go and they'll put up videos and be like, hey, this is back in store, but, you know, only from this date to this date, and it's gonna be sold out, and... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you're touring in your merch for, for music artists is what's gonna make your money now, and... Oh, absolutely. You don't make money off of the actual music anymore. No, you don't. Um, and it was honestly, the, the way shit was made before, it was kind of archaic, and you really didn't... I mean, you could make money... But again, touring and merchandising is is a big chunk. Like, oh, well, I mean, back in the day, and I'm saying back in the day, like '50s, '60s kind of thing. You really didn't make money unless you were big, like Elvis Presley, big kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so, I mean, I've watched plenty of. Uh, well, there's the one. There's the one. Uh, VH1 produced movie about the Temptations, mm-hmm. and I mean. They they didn't they they didn't live poorly, but they definitely didn't live lavishly or anything. Oh no, like, they like they lived well being like well in their means, and oh man, it's just it's just crazy like to think now what labels are doing is because since they know that you don't make as much money, they have what's called three sixty deals. So. If you sign a 360 deal, they get a cut of essentially everything you make money on. So you're touring, your merch, your um, your endorsements, your co- like everything they have they have their hand in. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. Everyone got to get their fingers in the pot. They really do, but like I remember, um, uh, it was um, I think it was Fat Joe. If 
If you never, God, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Oh, his interviews are hilarious. Oh my God, I've, I've seen his interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm watching an interview, and they're telling him like what a 360 deal is. Now he's been out for 20 plus years, so he's kind of like he's cemented in, and he. he I say he was there for the TRL. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like he was probably about maybe six, seven, maybe almost a decade before TRL even popped off. Like, way early 90s. Actually, I heard they're bringing it back. They tried. Did they already try and fail? Yeah, because TRL doesn't have the relevance that it... it well, no, well, well, music we'll get, videos don't. Yeah, we'll get Go to ahead, that. yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> well, they were telling him, like, how a 360 deal works, and he was he was just like, wait, so, like, I understand, like, you know, the music and this and that, and they were just like, yeah, they get part of your touring and your merch, too. He was like, wait, they get your touring and your merch? Like, he was just like... What hell the hell no? Like, <laughs> hell no. Like, what the fuck? And it's just crazy. But yeah, I, they did bring back... I think they brought back TRL. Was this just recently, though? Because I was reading this back in, like, July or June, I want to yes, say. Yes, because I saw it on TV, and then I saw another article about how it just... Flopped. It flopped. But if you... Here's the thing. Like, at the time of TRL, everything... It was almost kind of compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. You had certain labels that were maybe a little bit bigger than other labels, but there were artists that, you know, you, you had your bubblegum pop, you had your rap, you had your bands, but everything kind of was contained right. by record labels. Yep. Now, it's the Wild West. Right, like I was saying, you can go off Patreon or anything like exactly. that. Exactly, you so. can go off Patreon, and now it's interesting because labels are looking to the internet to find people. Yeah. Like, what a, a lot of people don't understand is uh, some people are, boop, right off the internet. I mean, that's what Bieber did. Yeah. Bieber, here's the interesting thing that people don't understand is Bieber, he... He plays multiple instruments. Mm-hmm. He had um, videos of himself as a child playing instruments and singing. And then it got to the point where he could actually... He had the choice to sign with either Usher or Justin Timberlake. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's just like, imagine being a child and you're just doing this. And boom. There you go. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say... Another reason why that probably flopped is because back in the day, the 90s, the heyday of it all, it was just like, oh, this is the only time I can get to see this music video and whatnot. Now it's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to go on YouTube and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I can just just go watch it whenever. And I mean, you, you had to wait, and it was that anticipation. Now when something drops, if it's popular, give it three, four days, and it's at a million views. Easy. Boom. Yeah. Easy. No, um, I, uh, I remember like going, getting off the bus... Going in and like turning it on right away, like oh TRL's on. Yeah, like, my, you, my, were like, you were like hoping that you didn't miss that one song. Exactly, one. exactly, because that was your only opportunity to see it. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like with the internet again, it's it's the wild west. Like if you, um, yeah, like um, fucking no, oh double XL the magazine they do a freshman list every year. And it was interesting because I think right around 2009, 2010 is when the internet started to really pick up for music and people were putting out projects and stuff like that. But now every list is people that have 
already made themselves mm-hmm. via the internet. And it's interesting because, like, forever ago, they would take an artist, you give them artist development, you know, you had A&Rs, which stands for Artists and Repertoires, out there looking for people. Sure. Now people are blowing up, and they're picking them out and giving them deals, but they don't do artist developments. So they don't know how to talk. They don't know how to speak. They don't know how to handle interviews. Yep. And if you ever, like, look at some of, like, the newer guys and gals and just watch how they can't handle, like, they, they don't know how to... They're socially awkward with yeah. that stuff. Yeah, like, they have all this charisma on stage... Or they have this really cool song or this and that. But if you put them like in a, in a setting where they have to promote themselves. Yeah, face-to-face interview kind of thing. Yeah, they're used to sitting behind a screen and recording. Ha- yeah, having a camera and just being like, oh, well, I don't like that. I'll edit that part out. Yeah, and you can't do that. No. Like, <laughs> so it's interesting to see how people can blow themselves up. But also, labels aren't kind of backing them in the sense that they're not putting the money into them anymore. So you see right. people without artist development or you see people without media training. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's just, it's an interesting dynamic. It really is. I mean, like you said, it's it's really the Wild West and it's not just even the music industry either. I mean, it's, it's everything. everything. Like anything artistic, help podcasting for it for itself i mean it's not like there's it's not like the fcc even is looking at us or and trying to regulate us on anything no we're we're like hey smack down the phone let's record and we yeah. say whatever we want we put it up there dicks <laughs> um, if you uh, yeah pop it <laughs> we're letting that die <laughs> it had a, it had a two it had a two episode run <laughs> it's good can't can't just sprinkle bop it in everything sure you can no, that's like that's like minions. Like minions were good, but then they try to sprinkle minions and everything. Well, I mean, what they didn't they do like three Despicable Me's and a Minions movie itself? Yeah, they did. I've still never seen one of them. I saw the first one. I liked it. I heard it was good, and people always are like, "How have you seen it?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> I work with a lady who absolutely loves it. Like her desk is littered with minions. Minions are essentially this day and age trolls. Because <laughs> think about it, in the 90s, oh, man. trolls were everywhere. You remember the dolls and everything? Yeah, they had crazy the, hair. Crazy hair and the belly button jewels. Right. They had a fucking Super Nintendo game. That's right. And then like each troll had a different ability. Do you remember, do you remember, uh, which one was it? I think it was Pizza Hut. Is it either Pizza Hut or Domino's? Spot. No, no I was going to say The Noid. The Noid, yeah. The Noid had a game. Yeah. That's say that was on the NES. I remember playing that like a ton, actually. Yeah, the Noid had. A, I'm thinking of Seven Up. But Spot had a game. Oh right, right. Yeah, that's back when games were easy to uh, <laughs> easy to produce. So it's like, hey, you got a cartoon character. All right, we'll make an eight bit game about it. Yeah, there were so many random games because like when Mario hit and Mario took off, now it's a platformer. Now everybody's Everybody. making platformers. Yep. And like, if you think about. Like, consoles and the console wars, one of the first things everybody did was establish a mascot. And oh, one of the absolutely. second things they did was... Sonic! Mario! Yeah, Sonic, Mario, um... Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot. Yeah. And it was just Master like, Chief. Yeah, Master Chief. Absolutely. And, uh, for... You can even say Nathan Drake. You can say Nathan Drake, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, after Crash kind of... Crash and died. Um, Nathan Drake, yeah. Yeah, Nathan Drake and uh, um, even um, 
Ratchet and Clank and Ratchet and Dexter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those were big, big for the PS2 and early part of PS3. Yeah. And, I mean, um, Xbox tried it with um, Perfect Dark, and it didn't really go that, too well. Yeah, that didn't go over. I, Which, I, literally, I still think the only thing that has ever kept Xbox afloat... Well, now I guess Gears of War, but it's always just been Halo. <laughs> well, they got the Rare license... But didn't really do too much with it. I mean, they dropped Killer Instinct, which is cool. Yep. Um, they keep... I think they might have dropped uh, a Donkey Kong or two. But... No, you mean uh, Banjo-Kazooie. No, but they're all... Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong's Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> what am I? I just... Because they were both on Nintendo at one point. Yeah, yeah. No, you mean Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, Banjo-Kazooie. And they have the Perfect Dark license, and they really didn't do too much with any of them. I mean, they tried to do, excuse me, the, the Nuts and Bolts. Right. That really didn't go over well. They tried the Perfect Dark launch. That didn't okay. go over well. I think the only thing that's really gone over well for them recently would be Killer Instinct has a pretty decent following. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. And that's the only thing I can think of offhand for Rare. It's, it's like I said, I mean, it's literally like, for our Xbox, they have... Halo, Gears of War, and Killer Instinct. You're right on that. They're fucking up because they didn't do shit with Conquer. Yeah. Conquer's yeah. Bad Fur Day was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Way ahead of its time. And now... I still can't believe that actually came out on the... Uh, Nin- on uh, 64. Yeah, on a Nintendo console. <laughs> yeah, like what You would hell? not see that nowadays. Oh, hell no. Like, back in the day, I think even on... I think it was on the NES even... But uh, have you ever heard of Laser Shoot? Laser, Laser Shoot, Shoot Larry. Larry. Yeah. Like, just it was basically Smut the game. Like <laughs> we could make Smut the game way better. <laughs> anyway, yes. <laughs> I definitely have heard of Laser Shoot Larry because it was on the Nintendo, and then it got ported like years later on the PlayStation. They remade that's it. Right. That's right. It was like. The and it PS2. Was like th- Terrible 3D graphics then. Do you remember a BMXXX? Yes. It was like a porn game with fucking BMXers. It was so weird. And it wasn't good. No. <laughs> can we can we start a Twitch and go back and just play all these old shit games? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you gotta think about it in uh the original Duke Nukem, like you see strippers on a pole and whatnot. You fucking do. And then you can go and use the urinal. <laughs> Fucking A, Duke Nuka. Oh, dear lord. <laughs> and then Duke Nuka. It's funny because, like, Duke Nukem Forever drops, like, for, like way down the line. And then it's just, like, video games and everything. has like, clean up their act. And Duke is still, like, punching people. <laughs> like, I mean, everybody's punching people. But he's, like, punching hookers and, like, fighting space <laughs> aliens. Talking about his dick and shit. It's, it's like all crude '90s humor. It really, I mean, that's it, it, it's Beavis and Butthead humor. It really, really is. And Beavis and Butthead had a fucking game. They did. They did. Beavis and Butthead were huge though. At one point, yeah, they were big. I still remember one of my favorite because when I was a little kid, uh, my parents would put me to bed, and I would get up at like twelve o'clock, kind of thing. I'd go down, I'd find my dad asleep, actually on the couch that you're sitting on. Um, and the TV would be on, and, you know, he was, at that point, a guy in his late 20s. 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he had MTV on, like, he's watching MTV. And I'd come down, 
and I'd see Beavis and Butthead on. And it would be like when they were watching the music videos and critiquing and whatnot. Yeah. But I'd be like, ooh, cartoons! As yeah, like you're, a three you're or four year old. Like, but I still remember one of my. That's actually where I saw a lot of like sex stuff when I was like three or four years old. Like I remember the one, <laughs> the one time of them uh, reviewing like a Madonna video and that kind of stuff. But one of my favorite ones was. Uh, do you remember the band Pantera? Mm-hmm. They were making fun of it because. At first, like, yeah, yeah, this rocks, this rules. And then they're like, man, he's really whiny. And he's just like, I think if Beavis goes, like, I bet he had a, uh abusive stepdad or something. <laughs> and Butthead's like, yeah, yeah. And I bet his stepdad's like, Pantera, you will go up and you will clean your room. Pantera, you are going to respect your stepmother. Pantera, go out and mow the grass. Oh, what's wrong, Pantera? Is Daddy's a little girl upset? Is Daddy's a little girl angry, Pantera? <laughs> Fucking A. It was pretty funny, though. Like, and I'm seeing this as, like, a four-year-old. That's dark. <laughs> okay. It was funny. It was funny. But, uh, yeah, it was just, like, I would see stuff like that. But, maybe some butthead, that's going back. God, we sound like such old people on this episode. <laughs> I give a fuck. We're like, you remember back in my day. <laughs> oh my gosh, speaking of just like lewd ass funny cartoons, have you ever heard of Freak Nick the Musical? Mm-mm. So, I'll have to, I'll have to send you a link. T-Pain, like, two, I think it was like circa 2010, he made a cartoon. Because oh, he, he did a bunch of voiceovers for Adult Swim, and then he just like, you know, him and a bunch of animators like, yo, you guys want to make a cartoon? So he makes like a 10 minute short Goes to the creator and they're just like, well, you guys should. I think it was like a, a like a two minute short. Goes to the goes to one of the the um like executives of Adult Swim. Now it's it's very Adult Swim humor, right? Of course. And so he goes like makes a two minute short. He's like, well, you guys might as well just like make it fifteen minutes. He goes back with the team. They make it fifteen minutes. And he's just like, well, you guys might as well just make it half an hour. Like goes back makes it half an hour. You guys might as well just make it an hour. Goes back makes an hour. If you've never seen it, it is, it is, uh, I will say, like, it's not, it's definitely not for kids. It's lewd. It's not too lewd, but it's fucking hilarious. Oh, Lord. It's, it's definitely just, like, adult humor, and it's, it's fantastic, because it's, like, pretty much everybody in there is famous. Right. It was him, um, he had Rick Ross, he had CeeLo Green, he had, um, Andy Samberg, and one of the other guys from SNL, they were frat guys. Oh, Lord. And he had, like, Khalees and all these other people, and it's, like, actually, like, a big musical, and it's hilarious. Oh, God. Well, you remember when Adult Swim was putting out the, um, Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson Mystery Team. Yes. Yeah. They originally did that as an April Fool's joke. And they just caught on. And they get caught on, and they're like, oh, pe- people actually want to see more of it? Okay. <laughs> Adult Swim was either super hit or super missed. That's very true. Because they had things where it was like, this is funny. And they also had things where just like... This is dumb. This is not only dumb, but like, what drugs are you fucking taking, Adult Swim? The Eric and whatever show? The, oh my god, the Tim and Eric Tim show. and Eric, yeah. I hated that thing. <laughs> that was so dumb. That show killed me. I... I liked it back, again, uh, my dad would fall asleep watching Adult Swim uh, back in the day, and I remember watching Space Ghost Coast to Coast (laughs) 
when he'd be interviewing people and whatnot. And I remember watching um, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney Harvey at Law. Birdman, uh, Aqua Teen. Aqua Teen. Home Movies. Oh my god, um... C-Lab 2021. Oh, fucking A, C-Lab. <laughs> Holy shit. C-Lab. Oh, damn. That, and I remember the one time, and this was when I was a little older. I was like, maybe 10 or 11. And, um, they gave Brack his own show. Yeah, they gave Brack his show. Yeah, but then they also, prior to that actual show where he's, like, living with his mom and dad and Zorak is his brother and all mm-hmm. that stuff, they made, um... This like hour long show that was called the Brack Brack presents the Brack show starring Brack, <laughs> and yeah. it was all these skits and whatnot, like these short skits. One of them had Freddie Prince Jr. in them, and <laughs> and it, I actually have because they put because there were like some songs in it. There's a good bit of songs. I actually have a song like an album, a CD of all this like entire show. It was so freaking funny. I remember that because my friend, um, he had a Christmas song, and that was like her favorite Christmas song as a child. Oh my god! And my sister told me about it. I still think my favorite part has to be uh, with the Brack show. Was my favorite part was just there's one point where there's like this little fluffy character that comes up, and he's like, "Hi, my name's Mr. Tiddlywinks. You want to be my friend?" And it's like to this gigantic robot, and he's just like negative and just blows Ooh. him up. Oh my god, I remember watching that, and I was in tears, laughing so hard. Yeah. But yeah, 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 um, all of that, like, and then they would take, they would take a lot of, um, cartoons that didn't hit on other stations, mm-hmm. and throw them on, like, the, the oddballs. The oddballs, I mean, hell, Adult Swim resurrected Family Guy. They resurrected Family Guy, and they- And Futurama. And Futurama, and um, I want to say King of the Hill to an extent. because I thought, King of the Hill and American Dad as well. I find it very interesting that the, the humor in American Dad, the Cleveland show, and Family Guy are all vastly different. Because I find... Alright. Sometimes Family Guy is funny. Mm-hmm. Cleveland show is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, Drive by by Dante. Um, but yeah. The Family Guy, it has its moments, kind of like, alright, I can watch this. It's Older ones funny. are better, in my opinion, but oh, yeah. yeah. There's, there's definitely some jokes where it's just like, okay. no. Like, let it, no. Um, so there's that. I, I Cleveland show is garbage. Well, it crashed and burned. <laughs> it did, but it was kind of like, let's have a spinoff for the sake of a spinoff. Yeah. I think it was just like they saw the product and they saw how well it did in one market and figured why not have two shows. Right. And that was that was a, a fucking travesty. But American Dad It has its moments for me. Like it's it's very hit or miss. It's it's like adults with it in of itself. Like some of the episodes I'm like, oh wow, this is really funny. Other ones I'm like, this is just dumb. If I had to pick the th- out of the three, I'm going to watch American Dad. I, I, for some reason, to me, the humor and the writing blows the other two out of the water. I don't know. I don't uh, I don't know. I really don't off the top of my head which one I would pick. Uh, obviously not Cleveland Show. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's just crap on Cleveland Show Day. Boom. But I don't know which one of the two I would pick. I don't, I don't know. I I do I did see this the other day and this was kind of funny. Um, 
the Simpsons were ripping on uh were ripping on Trump because they were saying like the Robert Mueller investigation and all that stuff mm-hmm. and they have uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions lead Mueller into a room with Trump by himself and Trump's just like he's like Mr. Trump you cannot uh, you can't come after me and blah 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 and like you cannot intimidate me and Trump's just like but what about this? Like, pulls a string, and, like, the room just fills up with money kind of thing. And Mueller's just like, I'm out of here, and, like, swims out of the room because of full of money. And, yeah, it was just interesting to see them getting so political on it, but... It must be nice to have that much money. It's just like, well, got a problem. Gonna throw money at it. <laughs> I wish. Instead, we have to be normal people and figure things out. Fucking normies. <laughs> yeah. On that note, then, how about we call it a sode? Yeah, it was a, it was a solid sode. My name is Marcus. You can find me at Q-U-E-Z-M-A-V. That is for Instagram. That is also for Twitter. At S-I-R-M-A-V. That is my Snapchat. Take it away. And I am Nick. You can find me at nlens42. That's N-L-E-N-Z-4-2 on Snapchat, Instagram, and the Twitters. You can also tweet at the True Trophy Husbands, our official Trophy Husbands Twitter. And on that note then, everyone, have a good day, have a good week, have a good month, have a good year, have a good life. And we'll catch you, as always, every hashtag Trophy Tuesday. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) Bizarro! (laughs) Ha <laughs>